Let us pray together. Dear God, on this glorious Easter morning, we pray together what has to be the most honest prayer in all of the Bible. Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. And we ask for the help of your Holy Spirit, wherever we are on that continuum this morning between belief and unbelief. Bring us, each one of us, alive and set our feet on the path to, to Galilee. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So Matthew opens his movie today with his camera slowly following Mary Magdalene and the other Mary on their way through the early morning shadows to the tomb of their beloved teacher. And in their eyes we can still see the terrible grief and the terrible trauma of just having witnessed the brutal lynching and execution of their beloved teacher by the empire. You see, two days earlier, these women, and the women were the very few who stayed with Jesus, and they were the ones who were with him as he was dying on the cross. And they saw him take in all the world's hatred, all the world's enmity and sin into his body. And then they saw him astonishingly breathing out forgiveness and compassion and saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. I have to ask you, in all of human history, has there ever been that kind of exchange? Hatred coming in, compassion, and forgiveness going out. Their teacher dies, not cursing his enemies, but with a prayer for them on his lips. Jesus breaks our world's endless, endless spiral and cycle of hatred and violence. He breaks it on the cross. And now as these two women approach Jesus' tomb, Matthew's steady camera work suddenly goes haywire and jerky as an earthquake rocks the world. Trees are swaying. The earth is growing, groaning. Rocks are flying everywhere. <laughs> and suddenly an angel comes and rolls away the great stone in front of the tomb. And with great symbolism, and you have to believe a touch of humor, then sits himself down right on that stone. Death, where is your sting? 
And then he says to the women, don't be afraid. Jesus isn't here. He's been raised. Go and tell everyone to meet up with him up in Galilee. Dear friends, what Matthew is trying to convey to us in his movie today is that in the resurrection, we are witnessing a surge of divine energy as intense as at the very beginning of the universe, at creation. And in raising Jesus from the dead, God is vindicating his beautiful life, vindicating his radical inclusion, vindicating his suffering love, his astonishing forgiveness, and his nonviolent resistance on the cross. Evil, death, and sin are exposed as broken and defeated powers. And God's love is revealed to be the supreme power of the universe. God's mercy is greater than all of our human failure and sin. And now we know, now we know that nothing will ever be able to separate us from God's love, not death, not violence, not even a pandemic. And now we can start doing more with our lives than just trying to protect them than just trying to keep them safe and comfortable. Now we can start taking the risks and living with the vulnerability that God's love requires. And, that a way, and the way that our dear Matthew films this story is strongly shaped, I believe, by his own personal encounters and experiences with Jesus and his own unfolding awareness and understanding of God as the great restorer, the one who is able to use every broken piece of our story, even the ones where we feel most shattered, most jagged. And so I, I just love Matthew. <laughs> because he refuses to edit out the ambiguity, the doubt, and the fear that have been an integral part of his own journey of following Jesus. And if we are honest, are a part of our own journeys as well. Amen? Matthew is actually the only one 
Who dares to include in his movie Jesus crying out on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Thank you, Matthew, for keeping that in your movie. And then in verse 8, Matthew's camera now zooms in to show us the two women leaving their tomb or leaving Jesus' tomb. And they're filled with that familiar mix of fear and joy that we all have. Faith and doubt, dread and devotion, terror and rapture that are familiar to us all. Familiar especially if you're like me during the worst days of the pandemic. Remember those days? Very shaking days for all of us. These women leaving with their fear and their joy and their faith and their doubt are the church in miniature. Here is us in microcosm. And notice one more crucial detail in verse 9. It's only after the two Marys actually get going that they finally meet the risen Jesus. And he as well tells them not to be afraid and for everyone to meet him up in Galilee. You see, dear friends, authentic faith gets going, gets a move on. This is what all this talk about getting to Galilee is all about. Galilee isn't about geography. It's about discipleship. It's about setting our feet on the path toward Jesus. A journey that never ends. During my first pastorate in Chicago, I had a series of conversations with a bright and young scientist. And she told me that she felt drawn to Christian faith, but she had some serious doubts. They began with Jesus' conception how it really happened, and went all the way to the resurrection, whether it really happened. And my response to her was, join the crowd. Join the crowd. We all have our times when we wonder mightily about these stories. When we sit here in church and look around and wonder if anyone else is wondering our wonderings with us. Amen? But the key I told her is to start following Jesus in the ways that are already clear. <laughs> and there's a lot that's mighty clear. Start living out the things that you know in your bones are true. Stuff like living by God's grace being sustained by prayer, sharing our food with the hungry, doing justice, loving kindness, 
walking humbly with God. That stuff alone will keep us busy for a whole lifetime. The opposite of faith is not doubt. It is certainty. The opposite of faith is not doubt. It is certainty. And those who insist, as my dear friend in Chicago did, that they will never start out the journey of faith until they get all their questions figured out, these folks, sadly, are going to miss out on the whole thing. Because it's only after we start heading to Galilee that we actually can come to know Jesus, to learn how to rely on him, and to feel his expansive love expanding our hearts and our minds and expanding the boundaries of our faith. Christianity, Christian faith is not a set of propositions to believe in. It is a path. It is a way of discipleship, of following Jesus one step at a time. And you don't have to be certain about everything before you get going. Thank God. All you have to do is to take that next step of faith toward Jesus. That's all you have to do. Friends, what might that next step be in your life? What might it be in mine? Or in our shared lives together? So our dear Matthew now closes his movie with the disciples meeting up with the risen Jesus in Galilee, of course. They finally got there. And once again, he refuses to edit out, to cut out the ambiguity and the uncertainty. You can tell I love Matthew. Verse 17, did you hear it this morning? When the disciples saw the risen Jesus, they worshipped, but some of them doubted. <laughs> Holy cow! He's right in front of them, and they're still doubting. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Matthew, for keeping that in your movie. Do you see what this means? If Jesus still commissions this group of waverers and doubters, then there is great hope for waver, waver, <laughs> waverers. Yes, thank you. I need some help. <laughs> doubters, uncertainters, <laughs> like me. And it seems like you. And our dear Matthew now saves the best for the last. Up on that mountain, where is it? 
Galilee. His camera now zooms in on Jesus. And Jesus says to him, or says to them, Remember, I am always with you. With you. With you. With you. To the end of the age. And because Christ is with us, now we can start doing more with our lives than just trying to protect them, keep them safe and comfortable. And because he is with us, now we can start taking the risks and living with the vulnerability that his love requires. Let me close with a paraphrase of the wonderful words of Rachel Held Evans. Let me call her Saint Rachel Held Evans. She said this, even on those days when I have my huge doubts about this story, it's still the one that I am willing to be wrong about and to stake my whole life on. God bless her.